All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm trying to uh, to level off. You know, uh, Rita Moreno's here. That was a that was an honor, I must say. Uh, that was great to talk to her. Glow ended. We shot the last episode. We finished the last shots of this season, season two of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling last Tuesday. And then we had a photo shoot, promotional photo shoot Wednesday. But yeah, so it was sort of, it's always sort of weird and touching when a production ends because you've been with these people for a few months. Um, but it does feel weird. You do develop a little community and a little world with everybody involved in the production from from you know craft services all the way up to the grips to the lighting to the ads to the there's so many people involved and it's like its own little village for a few months and it was sort of i think it was sort of sad and oddly i don't even remember what the fuck we shot yeah we did three and a half four months there and i read all the scripts and i did my part and i don't know how it's all going to come together what it's going to look like i do know that the stories are pretty great and compelling and and that the season looks good but you just don't know like i don't remember episode two that I shot, it's a very bizarre thing. It all just becomes this blur, but it's going to be good. We took some fun pictures. Yeah. And uh, everybody's gone their separate ways to do their separate lives. Sad. But the like I said, the season's going to be, I think it's going to be great. What else is happening? I'm, I'm watching movies. I, I, I've watched all the screeners except for one. I didn't watch the uh, the Churchill movie. What's that one called? Um, Darkest Hour. I got to watch that. I got to watch. I want to see uh, Gary Oldman encased in a Churchill body cocoon. <laughs> like some sort of strain. Like at the end of it, he just kind of breaks open. At the end of the shoot, at the end of his production, at the end of his little village of, uh, of movie making, he just rips out of Churchill from the inside. And uh, there's a metamorphosis back into Gary Oldman. I'd like to see that. Just this, I'd like to see, they should make a short film of that. Just Gary Oldman in the Churchill cocoon. And then like him, like you just see him laying there, the Churchill. And then just, it starts to break open in sort of a grotesque way. And out comes the, the, uh, the beautiful butterfly that is uh, Gary Oldman out of the, the, uh, the, 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 the tough skin of the Churchill. Just a concept, just a pitch, you know, don't, you know, you don't have to mark, you know, I'm just saying, just pitching. So, yeah, I've seen them all except for that one. Maybe I'll watch that one later. Uh, some of them aren't on here. Like, yeah, the bill- three billboards outside Ebbing was great. I enjoyed that. The Shape of Water is nice. The Fish Man. The Post I thought was okay. Phantom Thread was genius. Lady Bird I loved. Get Out was great. Dunkirk. I think I should have seen it in a movie uh, in the theater. It didn't have the same effect, but I enjoyed the movie. Darkest Hour didn't see. Call Me By Your Name. Uh, enjoyed that movie. I watched some other movies. I have to say, though, you get all, I get all these screeners and, um, you know that movie, All the Money in the World? That one was so bad, I walked out of my house. That's how bad that was. So, uh, yeah, what else is happening? I'm trying to go through the garage a little bit. Went through my stack of business cards. It's weird how many business cards uh, you have and how far back they go. I mean, I have business cards. I didn't even... What am I... I I have a, 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 a Garris Brothers townhouse restaurant package wicker business card. Peter Garris... This guy, I went to high school with this guy, and the townhouse is a liquor store and restaurant on Central 
uh, Avenue in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I don't even know if it's still open. And I know Pete, I went to high school, I don't know if he's still alive or what's going on or whether he owns it now, but I have the business card. Why? I don't know. Did take me back though. It did take me back to buying booze at that place when I was, you know, I don't want to get into the trouble. Here's one, Fran Salamita. What? I have Fran Salamita's business card. I, that Fran Salamita is a Boston comic. He later on went on to do other stuff, and I don't, I don't, I remember running into him. But it brings me back to Boston to watching Fran do his uh, half Italian, half Jewish bit back in the basement at uh, Play It Again Sam's in Alston, Massachusetts, maybe 1987, 88. Fran Salomita. I've got Ruby Mazer's card. Ruby Mazer. Mazer Studios. I've had been carrying this around for like a decade or two. He is actually the guy that created the um, the Rolling Stones logo. The tongue and the lips. He, made, he did all right with that one. Here's one. I kept this forever. This is Oasis Diner. It's in uh, Burlington, Vermont. I've kept this since the 80s. I don't even know if this place is still there. I was on a road trip with another comic. And I remember going to the diner. It was a classic old dining car. I remember having, a, I believe I had an open-faced turkey sandwich gravy. Huh. Max Gill and Grill. This is my buddy Eric in Denver. What's in the case guitars? Andy Clark. I don't even know if Andy does this anymore. Andy Clark was a guy who worked at Venus Records. There's a friend of my friend, uh, Craig Anton. He's a good guitar player, but he got out of the racket of playing guitar. He was working at a record store. Then he went and got a degree in accounting. I think he went on to uh, accounting and management at restaurants. Guitar collector. Nice guy. Miss him. Should give him a call. I have David Rakoff's business card. That's sad. He passed. What a loss that was. What a great writer. Funny guy. Beverly Laurel Hotel. Mm-hmm. Memories there. That was before they renovated. Holiday Beach Inn. Holiday Beach Inn. Oh, 411 South Ocean Drive. I don't think this is there anymore. It was this creepy, horrible little hotel that for some reason I stayed in because it was close to my mom's many years ago. And then Billy F. Gibbons, friend of Eric Clapton. <laughs> That's what his business card says. Billy Gibbons. Sorry. Sorry. I just took a walk down business card lane. Accept my apology. I just thought that would be interesting. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know, folks. Rita Moreno is on the show today. Rita Moreno, the Rita Moreno. What was that? I wanted to tell you something about something else. About something else. God damn it. Oh, I remember. I remember what I wanted. I remember what I wanted to talk to you about. Have you seen this documentary? I think it's on uh it's on Amazon prime i believe called rumble about the uh indigenous people american indigenous people's involvement in uh in music specifically the blues and rock and roll and you know they talk about link ray buffy saint marie but they talk about um charlie Patton. and i didn't realize i didn't really i should have known this is all accessible history uh about the the kind of uh the indigenous people and the and the uh freed slaves and the the sort of uh these communities that that of of intermingling of the of the two i knew somewhat about it in new jersey and whatnot but i didn't really put together or would never have known that charlie Patton was a american indian and 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 that rhythm there's a rhythm that comes from american indigenous population the music of the american indigenous people north american North American Indians that have it sort of it kind of weaved its way 
into popular music. Oh, there was this one jazz singer too. I can that there there's a type of singing and a type of rhythm that kind of infused itself into jazz and blues and rock and roll. And I never knew anything about it because I was ignorant. I was ignorant of it. And it was sort of fascinating to watch in this in this documentary Rumble. Uh, a, an American Indian woman uh, listening to Charlie Patton and following the lines of his cadence with traditional uh, Indian music from America, uh, it, it just was very touching to me. And I had no idea. So I've been going down this Charlie Patton rabbit hole trying to connect the dots of uh, North American indigenous music to the blues. Kind of mind-blowing. I do enjoy when my mind gets blown. So that was provocative to me. So I thought I'd share it with you for those of you who who give a shit. Um, all right, so Rita Moreno, West Side Story, The Electric Company, met a lot of TV, a lot of awards. A lot. She's like a, a very powerful presence and a very outspoken presence uh, in the world of acting. And um, I was I was very excited that we 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 got that we I got to talk to her. She's doing a new season of One Day at a Time. It's now streaming on Netflix. You can watch all the episodes now. That's obviously a revamping of the classic old Norman Lear show. Uh, I, I also did this interview the uh, you know the day after the SAG Awards, where she presented the Lifetime Achievement Award to Morgan Friedman. And also, I I wanted to take I, you know she's eighty six and she's very uh, lively and clear headed, but uh, we only had like an hour, and obviously I could have spoken to her for a long time. But this is the time I got to spend with uh, with this Hollywood legend, uh, Rita Moreno. So enjoy the time we had. It was very nice what you had to say about Morgan Freeman. Oh, he's he's my buddy. He's my <laughs> pal. We've known each other for fifty years. Isn't that it's amazing? A, a long friendship. In show business, that's usually really, really, really. Long. Yeah, and you guys are, are actual friends. You talk to we each are. other, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's because I, you know, I always meet people in here. I talk to them, and and I assume people are friends in show business just because you see them on a but show. They're not. Or, they're not. No, they don't know. I don't know lots and lots of people. I don't know lots and lots of stars. For yeah. instance, it is assumed by friends and right and and civilians the public, right. that I know everybody and they know me. Not so. Yeah, because they think it's a small uh, community. They think that we all must know each other. It may be small, but it's not that small. It's not, it's not as small as it used to be. I mean, I can't imagine, like, you've been doing this a long time. I mean, yes. you won an Oscar in 1961. I have to assume that that, 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 uh, that party, that house, it, it, it did feel like more people knew each other then. I think so. I think so. Right? Uh, yes. I think it's, uh, well, you know, people travel a lot now, too. Right. But I'll tell you something really interesting that happened last night yeah. that just absolutely knocked me out. A young woman, I'm saying young, she's probably about, uh, I'm guessing she's her late in, in her late 30s, Yeah, uh, came over to my chair at the, yeah. the table, and she kneeled down because I was sitting down, yeah. so she wasn't, she wasn't kneeling really, right? and began to tell me how, how much I meant to her and how very moved she was by meeting me and to see me and it was so wonderful yeah. that I was there and she just went on and on and on and I suddenly said to myself oh my god this is Winona Ryder it was Winona <laughs> it was Winona Ryder oh that's so sweet and I thought I said I thought she looked familiar and I said oh my god <laughs> so following that yeah. up 
I'm backstage with, uh, just before I go on to present uh, Morgan, his, his wonderful honor. Yeah. And um, and Sarah Silverman yeah. comes up to me and yeah. with wet eyes that are slightly gleaming, yeah. says, I love you. <laughs> I've always loved you. Oh, my God, it's you. And I'm saying... My God, it's you! I I was astonished <laughs> and delighted sure. at all these young, and it happened all evening, all evening long. So many young, younger. Yeah, let's put it that way. I'm right. 80, I'm eighty six, so everybody's younger. Right. Uh, uh, so many people kept coming up to me, and I was just not to speak of delighted. Yeah. I was thrilled. Well, you're one of those people, like, I just, I've always known, you, you feel like you're there your whole life, you know, like. You know, it's true, because I've been around for so long. Yeah, but And like, I've done a lot of different things. Totally That's thing. different things. The electric company was a very, very big deal. Yeah, that all, that wouldn't, I'm I'm 54, and, they, you know, certainly, you know, the electric company went into my head. Just the, the fact that you did, like, 700 of them. Oh, yeah, we did tons and tons of them. I mean, it's crazy how many there were. This was five, uh, well, no, I was going to say five a week, but no, we did, we didn't even do that. What we did was we did lots of sketches a day. Right. So heaven, 700 is probably right. Yeah, and and it's just like, it's just part of your imagination. Then when I was looking at your credits and stuff, like, like I'd forgotten about carnal knowledge. Oh, that's right. A lot of people forgot. That's that. a great scene. That's a crazy scene. It's, it's you an, and Jack. It's and you a play the, superb movie. Yeah, it's a wild Very movie. Dark. Yeah, yeah. You're the you play the prostitute, right? That's right. In, the, in, in that one scene where he's like telling you you got to you're well, he's, doing it wrong do exactly as he says because he's paying me. <laughs> right. Oh, what a depressing scene. <laughs> that was a horrible. But it was a good. That scene. was hard to do though. Yeah. Oh, it was so hard to do. We were doing it on a. Um, hydraulic platform uh-huh. the reason being that she, she she should appear according to the uh directions of um mike nichols uh no 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 oh. the writer oh uh, who wrote it oh god i uh... village voice he did all those wonderful cartoons oh, oh right 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 uh, um, jules you, pfeiffer oh you did it Jules Pfeiffer. You did it. I couldn't even get there. Good Jules Pfeiffer <laughs> yes. wrote it. Right. And it says that when she's doing him his service, yeah, yeah. that um, she seems to be descending forever and ever. Now, we know what that means uh-huh. sexually. <laughs> uh-huh. But what they did that was really so clever, but in insanity, was to put me on a hydraulic platform looking into... The camera, as though it were Jack. Right. But Jack was right there right. under the camera to help me. Yeah. You know, whenever I could, I'd look at him for inspiration, if that's what you call it. But you, I, we had a wall. We were in a warehouse. Uh huh. And we had a wall that must have been, I don't know, a hundred. Really? Feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever warehouses right. are. Yeah. And the hydraulic platform would go all the way up, and then the monologue was done. On the way down, and the that wall was all wallpapered, the same wallpaper. Oh, what, that must have looked wild. Oh, it was bizarre. Yeah, yeah, the extreme. Here's the problem for one shot. Well, it's a, a major scene. Yeah, it is. Yeah, in, in a major movie, but right. it was a major, major scene yeah. because this was the upshot of what happens to a man who who objectifies women. I mean, it was really to such a degree. Oh, yeah. 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 And the one problem, and it was a huge one, mm-hmm. was that hydraulic platforms have air bubbles. Uh-huh. So every <laughs> once in a while, <laughs> bounce? The, 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 I bounce a little. <laughs> and, and then you'd hear, you'd hear Mike Nichols say, uh, okay, let's 
take her up again. <laughs> and we did it over and over and over. And sooner, and you know, at some point, sometimes we'd get to almost the middle yeah. of my ride, and, oh. we'd, and we were thinking, oh, thank God. And then we'd go, blue. <laughs> Oh man! So as a result of that, yeah. and I was not thrilled about doing this scene. No, I did it because I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, and it needed to be done. And, and it I was in a typecast role. Hell no! Yeah. Anyway, uh, the thing is finally over. I go home. This this whole movie was shot in uh, Canada. I think it was Montreal. And two weeks later, I answer the phone, Rita. Is this Mike? Yeah, oh no. Mike? He said, Yeah, honey. And I said, No, no, please tell me no. I knew, I knew. You gotta do it again. So I had to do it again this time, stationary. Oh, wow. Which was really, and I did not have Jack there to inspire me, nothing. I was just looking into this bloody uh, black uh -huh. uh, lens yeah. on the camera as though it were him. And uh, I can't tell you how much more difficult that was without Jack there. Isn't I that bet. Interesting? Yeah. So they didn't use any of the footage. They did. Oh, the, from they the... used some of it. Oh, okay. They used stationary, and then uh, they used the moving. Thank uh, goodness they were able to use some of them because I thought that was such an incredible effect. Yeah, it was. It sounds like it. Well, Jack. I mean, I've heard. I've not talked to him. I'd love to talk to him, but I don't think that's going to. Everybody happen. would love to sure. talk to Jack. But uh, I hear he just he you know he's very available on set. He loves to to be. He loves to act all the time. Well. Imagine, yeah. I mean, you know how many tapes, we must have done, I'm guessing, yeah. we must have got, done about 30 mm -hmm. takes, maybe even more that were interrupted. Sure. And and uh, he stayed there for me. Right. It's great. Because he, he really knew that as an actor, for myself as an actress, I needed to have something other than a lens to look into. So between takes, like on the way up each time, I'd be looking at him and he had that evil evil smile that he has yeah. oh my god that is the worst smile in the world when he wants it yeah when he wants to yeah he is so wicked yeah but a nice guy generally very yeah very nice guy but when the uh awards came along yeah the new york city critics was the first always to come up with the awards for movies and um they were honoring jack mm -hmm. and they asked me since i had done the film with him would I, you know, do uh, just his section, like I did with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And I said, oh, gee, yeah, I'd, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. I'd be thrilled. And uh, I told the story to the audience, which are all critics. Yeah. And I remember Meryl Streep was there. Uh -huh. um, I told the audience the story of the the, the damn thing, yeah. bubbling and Hydraulic, ha yeah. having to do it again, and how really generous. And I just praised him to the skies. I said, you know, that's what acting's really all about and all that kind of stuff. He got drunk. Yeah. And he was apparently pretty rude that evening to a lot of people uh -huh. or, or salacious or whatever it is he gets. And he said, to, he said to me out loud, so if I was so terrific, why didn't you give me something? <laughs> and of course, everybody laughed. Right. And I thought, how am I going to come back? And I did it. Yeah. I said, well, if there had been something there... I would have. Oh, yeah. He got and, him. And his wicked smile just went clunk. Just dropped. <laughs> dropped. <laughs> Good one. What year was that? Oh, I don't know. I don't do, I don't know years. Oh, yeah. But I there, stopped doing years. Yeah, there's no reason to. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Why bother? Right. But when, when I just know when I was born. <laughs> yeah, that you know, that that's good. That's a good one to have, to know. <laughs> and you know where you were born? Yes. Um, well, Puerto Rico, right? I was. Do you still have family there? I have uh, some extremely distant. You know, oh, yeah, the cousin sure. of the cousin of the yeah, cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're almost barely related. Right. And so I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot a, of these uh, people. It's an awful time right there. I now. was there. You I went? Was, I, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I went there about uh, is it two weeks now, about two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought a bunch of money with me. Oh, that's nice. And um, That you collected? I collected some, and some was due me because I was supposed to do a talk there mm-hmm. uh, way before the, the uh, storm happened. Yeah. So what I said was, okay, I'm going to give my speaker's fee. Yeah. And then we added to that, and uh, Luis, uh, Luis uh, Miranda, the pop. Yeah. Uh, well, he and I collected fifteen thousand at an, another. Lin Manuel's father. Lin Manuel's yeah. father. Yeah. Luis is very, very active and very political, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so I went there with about twenty-five thousand, thirty thousand bucks, and we got a, a huge truck with basics. When I say basics, I'm talking toothbrushes. Right. Soap. They needed everything. Towels. And I took it upon myself to visit the senior homes Mm -hmm. in my hometown. Oh, wow. Which was the first hit by, it was where the storm landed. Which town? Umacao. It Mm -hmm. starts with an H. Mm -hmm. H-U-M-A-C-A-O. And that, what you imagine, it got hit first. Oh, wow. Devastated? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And and um, these people have been living without light now, what, up, for up months. until this very moment. Yeah, and it is heartbreaking. One of the things that we brought was a solar battery um, uh, uh, reading lights, flashes, yeah. flashlights, yeah. and reading lights. Right. That was one of the really important things. I mean, think of it this way. That at night, what do you do at night? You turn around the telly and watch the news. Oh, yeah. You, uh, yeah. you watch your favorite shows. Yeah. You read the newspaper. You Something. catch up. Right. You uh, you read a book. Yeah. You play dominoes, as they do there a lot. You uh-huh. play cards. You can't do anything at night except stare into this black hole. Oh, this is so depressing and horrible. It was so horrible. So I danced with some of the guys, the old guys. They were really sweet. Oh, they must have been thrilled that you were there. They were well, they were they were very happy. <laughs> they were, they was, all knew you. I was happy, yes. Of course. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're, Rita. Yeah. You're a hero. Yes. A returning hero. Yes. It was it was very gratifying. Well how how old were you when you left there? I was five. Oh so did, but did you travel there throughout your life? You oh know? yeah, right. I've gone back there a, a bunch of times. I've performed there, all kinds of things. Yeah, and when my book came out, I went to promote it there. Yeah, and uh, read some sections because it was also came out in Spanish. Uh huh. And it, needless to say, it did really well. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that was a, a great market for it your book. It did really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> so you come here at five with your mom on a on a ship. Uh huh. And and how did wh- when does the showbiz start? How does that happen? Cause it, it started was... in Puerto Rico when I was dancing for Grandpa. Oh yeah, yeah. He was playing records. Remember records? Sure, I have them. I still yeah. buy buy them. So do I. Yeah. I love oh, them. so do I. I have a huge collection. Yeah, it's of, great. Uh, LPs. Yeah. And and uh, I even have some seventy eights. Oh wow! Yeah. Do you know what I have? What? You're not going to believe it. Tell me. I have a seven twelve inch version of seventy eights of. 
Wizard of Oz. Really? On 78? That far? Oh, wow. 78 by yeah. 12 inch. A big one. Yeah, yeah. And a huge looking album oh, with, a... with the uh, people singing. Oh, that's the great. The people. Yeah, sure. Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. Do you knew her, right? Did you know her? Oh, yeah. Everybody knew her. Yeah. But also when I was uh, in my, um, when I was about 10, I started to do dubbing from English into Spanish. Here? And I, in, in uh, New York. Yeah. And Ricardo Montalban's brother used to be the director of those, yeah. Carlos Montalban. And I became the voice of Margaret O'Brien uh-huh. in Spanish. She grows in Brooklyn uh-huh. in Spanish, yeah. dubbing. Yeah. So, you, so, so I'm very good, by the way, at doing looping re- as bet. a result. Just watching the screen and just doing it? Yeah, yeah. I'm really good at that. So you played, uh, you uh, you just dubbed TV shows and movies? No, uh, it, there were no there's TV, no TV shows yet, then. just movies. No. So it's it was movies. just dubbing movies? Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh. Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Meet Me in St. Louis. That was Judy Garland, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they had, this is interesting, they had a singer from Cuba who would fly in just to do her singing voice. Why they would do that, I'll never understand. Why in heaven's name would you dub Judy Garland's voice with someone else? Cuban, yeah. Who who tried very... Very hard to sound like her. Oh, but that's bizarre. That like you her. should just weave the music intact. I could, in, not, intact. That's I could wild. not understand it. So you uh, so you dance to your grandpa, but then you come here, mm-hmm. and you just start dan- You start working immediately in on stage. I started to go. A, a friend of ours, yeah, who was a da- Spanish dancer, visited my mom in the apartment one day, and she saw me bopping around, uh-huh. and she just had an instinct, and she said, "You know, I have a feeling that Rosita might be a good dancer. Can I take her to my?" dance teacher and my mom said sure yeah and i went to meet a man named paco cancino who uh-huh. was rita hayworth's uncle wow rita hayworth's uncle she was margarita cancino oh okay yeah, yeah. and uh, it was thought that i would probably be a very good dancer so that started it and that's when he started doing. And I was five. Yeah, and so how old were you when he did the first stage show? The first, the first show I ever did was in the village, as a partner to my dance teacher, who was you know all of five feet one, I think. Uh huh. And I was about uh, I was a little girl. Yeah. I was about six. I can't even imagine when and he you... partnered me, and oh. I we played castanets, which I still play, by the way. You can still do it. I do. That's a that's a very uh, yeah I don't know I don't know I I've, I've seen them yeah and I don't know how it uh, it's it a very really takes an skill. enormous amount of muscle in your lower arm yeah because like people don't realize they're not connected no you, no they're not connected <laughs> and <laughs> what makes the sound is when you connect them with your four fingers right your thumb holds the the uh, the the rope yeah yeah and the and, and you do it tight enough so that the castanets open up like a clam right right i get it yeah and then you do that oh wow so it's a, a it takes a, a whole different skill of holding oh yeah things. yeah I'm, I'm not even sure that i can play them well enough now because i don't know if i have that kind of strength in my right. lower arms well th- fortunately you don't have to play castanets but i love to oh. and i i do it in my act sometimes and I when you do your show your yeah. one your one person show mm-hmm you get the castanets going? I sure do. I love to do it because it's such an unusual instrument. Yeah. Particularly nowadays. I mean, whoever heard of I those things? I, I just remember seeing them when I was younger. I don't think I've seen a pair of castanets. I know in that a long people time. call them clackers. Clackers, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, all the clackers. Well, I know there's kind that are connected for easier for people that don't. Well, no, that's for, that's for uh, percussionists. Right. They are connected. Yeah. And they just. Do fingers, right, right, stuff on but not that's not the real that, deal. That ain't a castanet. Where'd you learn how to do that from this dance teacher? Yeah, yeah, he was a Spanish dance teacher. Uh huh. So I learned all kinds of um, 
Spanish dances from Spain. Uh, Mexico, I, the Mexican hat dance. Oh, yeah. Around the sombrero? Yep. Yeah. In, exactly. Yeah. Which I used to do in high school, in, not in high school, but in grammar school all the time. And when you were growing up, what part of New York did you grow up in? In Manhattan on 180th Street. I can't imagine what it was like then. Like everything was so much different. Even watching you the other night and just realizing that, you know, you've watched this. Where business. I come from. Where I you know, come from. And, and, and history. It's crazy, right? It I mean, is. the changes, like even New York was so much more intimate then and seemed, must have seemed so different. But you know what's interesting too? Yeah. The gangs were starting to form then. Already. Now, there was no diaspora uh-huh. when I came to New York City because... Uh, from from Puerto Rico? Yeah, yeah, not then. Not yet. So there was nobody who spoke Spanish. In school, when I went to yeah. uh, kindergarten, didn't know a word of English. Where were most of the people from? Uh, the Italians were, were there Italian, already. Italian, they were Irish, Irish yeah. they were Jewish, uh-huh. they were anything but Hispanic. They no kidding. There wasn't one Latino kid wow. in kindergarten. And not it was, yet. It was really scary for me. It was very hard. Were they hard on you? Oh, yeah. Oh, when, and so when... Well, they were... They, they were as I said, gangs were just starting to form. Which gangs? Uh, I don't know. The Latino gangs? No. Oh, you mean oh, like... No, no, no. Irish. Oh, just oh, the street Irish gangs. Irish right. street gangs. Yeah, wow. And I used to walk to school f- for lunch. Yeah. I mean, walk from school to my apartment building for lunch and then walk away again and then come home. And I used to zigzag to avoid these kids because they, right away, they were saying terrible things to me calling me Spick. Oh, really? And, you know, I barely spoke English, and yeah. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that I was there was something bad about me. That's what happens. Yeah. Children are very tender. Internalized. Features. The, right. And they feel that, if, you know, people behave badly to you because you're a bad person. Right. You may not know why, but... Uh, and it's that's, your fault. It's my fault. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, start, that dialogue starts. Yeah, it's all, And then you got to go home and be like, why am I different? Why are they and, saying and, this And, you know, me? I never told my mom. You didn't? No. Well, First, I felt, I'll tell you why I didn't what? tell her. I intuited that she was not able to do anything about it, and I didn't want to make her worry. Right. So you're carrying yeah, the burden. Exactly. You're going to carry the, the the hatred of the kids that's right. and protect your mother. That's so right. Carrying the big load for a kid. Oh, yeah. That's a very big load for a kid. And your mom wasn't married again, or didn't? Where was your well, dad? Well, my mom married five times. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of men. So yeah, she, uh, well, she was a good girl, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. So she uh, divorced my father in Puerto Rico, yeah. my biological father, and who was a you know woman crazy, uh-huh. like uh, many of those Latino guys were certainly in sure. those days. Did you have a relationship with him at all? Not much because she only left for six months. She left me there with him yeah. after the divorce, and she came back about five months later again by ship <laughs> to bring. How me, long did that take? Bring me back to oh god days. Yeah. Uh, actually, on the way back to the United States, she kept saying to me, "We're going to you're going to a better life. You'll see." Uh-huh. And the first thing that happened was this horrific storm, Ugh. which delayed us, and uh, everyone was throwing up. It was a horrific. You're on the boat already. Yeah, Ugh. we're on the boat. That and, scares and, me. Oh, it was very scary. Yeah, and you know, everyone really was getting violently yeah. ill. It was horrific. Yeah, yeah, and but you made it. Yeah, of course. But you that can six months, the six months you spent with your dad, that was about the longest. That was it for the long stretches, and then it was uh-huh. done. Uh-huh. That was it. And uh, I saw him again many, many years later when I was about oh nineteen or so. Oh yeah, already or in movies. Twenty. Yes, I was making an appearance 
along with other stars from a particular movie. I don't remember which one, but I know that that what's her name was with us. Um, um, Katie, Katie Hurado, uh-huh. and uh, some you know well-known people yeah. who I don't remember now. And he came backstage, and I was just furious with him. Oh, really? Where have you been? Yeah. Where have you been? How? And I, I didn't want anything to do with him. I was so angry at him yeah. that he left my mother in such dire straits. Right. And, you know, and I forgot about the, I conveniently forgot about the divorce. Right. Um, you just had the abandonment and the anger. That's and, it. Yeah. And, and uh, I wouldn't date a Hispanic man if you paid me. <laughs> because that's how I perceived them. Yeah. Because my mom went with several. Uh-huh. Actually, and, and my kept... second father yeah. was a lovely man. Uh-huh. I loved him. He was Cuban. Yeah. And he, he had strawberry blonde hair. A lot of Cubans, by the way, are... are, are Blondes? Are, yeah, blonde I and blue-eyed. I didn't know that. Yeah, blonde really? Yeah. I think that's it has something to do with Scotland, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a, a history to that. Yeah, I wonder what right. That, now I'm going to go look it up later. Yeah, actually, I'm, curi- no, I'm yeah. curious too. And I loved him very much, and then she found someone else. She was very young. Uh-huh. She was inexperienced. Yeah. You know, I, I can't say that I, I, I dislike her for what happened, but I had five fathers. How was the third guy? Third guy was the one I really hated. Yeah, really? He was uh, Hispanic, and he was uh, Mexican. He uh, had a wonderful speaking voice because he, he worked for the local Spanish station uh-huh. radio. And uh, he was kind of full of himself, and I just saw through him. And my mother was like just gaga. Oh, he's gaga. A, a real I, charmer, huh? And I was also jealous. Right. Because till then she'd been my mommy. Right, but not an abusive guy, and just was, to annoy Oh, no, 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 not yeah. at all. No, yeah. No. Nobody was ever abusive. That's good. So, you got lucky uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> I, did. I did. How long did you, did you still, did you keep your policy of no Latino men for life? I did. <laughs> It was really traumatic for me. I guess. Very traumatic. Yeah. And uh, in fact, when uh, somebody would flirt with me who was Latino, I'd, I'd get I'd get shivers. Which happened all the time, I imagine. Uh, not that often, really. When but, you're out but, in public? But no? it, it did happen. Yeah. And when it did happen, I would literally get chills. I get frightened. But you did marry. You got married. I married, and I I stayed married for forty six years to That's a nice Jewish doctor. Sure, of nice course. Jewish doctor, sensitive yeah. guy. Well, that's you know, it's it's redundant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, my father was a, a nice Jewish doctor. He did. He wasn't that nice ultimately, but the, you know, well, he's my like, husband was a wonderful man. He was terrific. That's nice. Yeah, forty six years. That's a good he was run. The most devoted. Husband and and father and later grandfather. What a great grandfather he was. That's sweet. Wow. That's great. Killer. And that oh that's so oh, that's but nice. They, to but have but that. you know we had our problems too because he was very controlling. Uh huh. Which is not surprising the way I was brought up. You know you want you want daddy. Sure. Yeah. If you get if you if you're missing one you're kind of always looking. You're, that's what I was always looking and for. And also you were a Hollywood uh, starlet. But after a while, that kind of control yeah. does, does not sit well. And one day you want to start growing up, and that's when the problem starts. Yeah. Because you know? you're, 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 yeah, trying, you, you're trying part, to, you know, use your wings, as yeah. it were. As an adult. Uh, as an adult. Yeah, that's when it gets weird. Because there's so much of you that's grown up, but there's one yeah. part and that then, isn't. And, and he was, 
you know, he just had to do everything for uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. And it began to be just absolutely maddening. Annoying. But we stayed yeah. married. We stayed married for 46 years. Well, also, I imagine that coming from where you, you know, like you're a well-known movie star, mm-hmm. you know, with a, you know, with an exciting past, that must have been threatening on some level. To him? Yeah. I think it was, and I didn't realize that. Right. I think it was. And, you know, there was all kinds of handsome guys around me all the time in <laughs> yeah, my business. Yeah. And uh, I, I would think it would give you pause if you were the guy. If you were the guy who, you you know, who you, you're, you're in love with uh, someone who dated Marlon Brando or Elvis Presley. That was, a, that was a big deal. It's a lot to carry, man. It is. <laughs> In all fairness to him, absolutely. I don't know if I could handle it. I, there must have been moments where it's like, oh, what, I'm not Elvis Presley? <laughs> no, no, I never got that. And, oh, good. He had way too much class. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. You got to respect him for that, he huh? Was extremely, he was extremely bright, very intelligent. He's had high IQ. What kind of doctor? And I've always been attracted to people who are very, very smart, including women. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm always attracted to the woman who's had a great education. It's interesting. When I had roommates, for instance, right. we're not talking uh, gay relationships. Right. Just talking uh, sure. sharing apartments because Being impressed we could with afford people, it. Friendship, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So wh- when, when did you start doing films? When I was uh, 17. Yeah? What was the first one? It was called... <laughs> <laughs> So young, so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my agent could never get it right. Yeah. And he'd say, you know, when he was trying to push me, he'd uh-huh. say, you know, it's so good, so young. <laughs> she said, so good, so young. And I'd say, so young, so bad. <laughs> Bullets Durgum. <laughs> yeah, that was his name? His name Bullets Durgum. Bullets Durgum. In New York? No, this was in L.A. Was he, uh, was he with an agency or was he own Yeah, his own that guy? was his own agency. Bullets Durgum. The Bullets Durgum Agency. Yeah, Is and that... he was about uh, he was about he was under five feet tall, uh-huh. and he had a, sh- a head shaped like, like a, a bullet. Yes, <laughs> and no hair. So <laughs> was Bullets he a, Durgum was he a big agent or was he a? He was in the middle. Uh huh. I mean, a lot of people knew him because you know someone with a name like that. Bullets, yeah, it's memorable. And he talked very fast. Yeah. You know, hey, reader, how you doing, reader? <laughs> where, where was he from? New York? I have no idea. You know? <laughs> I never wanted to know anything about him. Reader, That's reader. Yeah. So when did so you moved out here permanently when you were seventeen? I did. I came with my mom. Oh, she came too. Yeah. So you're both out here in the beautiful Southern California. And she had by this time divorced the Mexican guy. The third one. That's the Moreno. Yeah. Actually, that's where I got that last name from. The third one. Yeah. Uh huh. Because my uh, actual name, Rosita Dolores Alverio, no one could ever pronounce Alverio to save my life. Alvario, right? Sure. Alvarining, yeah. and I thought I gotta, I gotta get a name that people can pronounce. So I took his name. It worked. It worked. So that, so the first movie was it a musical or just acting? It was, uh, it was about runaway schoolgirls. So was it? Anne like a... Jackson was in it. She was very young too. Oh wow! The actress, the yeah, New yeah. York actress. Yeah. And Anne Francis was in it. So that was just a. Was it like a B movie or was it like? It was a B movie. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the very early independent movies. Oh. Paul Henry, do you remember Paul Henry the actor? I don't. I don't. Uh, you would if I, if I tell you what was the name of that famous movie he did with Bette Davis. I know. Uh, now I'm, Voyager. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Now Voyager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he lights the two. Said he was very romantic. Yeah. 
leading man. He was European. Yeah. And he decided to make his own movies when um, um, uh, he got blacklisted. Oh, okay. So he he put this movie together of runaway schoolgirls, and it was a bit exploitive, but not terrible. But that was sort of that time in the early 50s where things, they were doing those kind of motorcycle just, gang movies. They were just starting to do independent uh-huh, films, uh-huh. little black and white movies. Not because outside the studio system. Outside right. of the studios. That's what they would call independent. Yeah. And I remember seeing a movie with um, Tony Curtis, whose name was then Bernie Schwartz. Right. In a movie called City Across the River, uh-huh. which came from a very famous book about gangs called um, the Amboy Dukes. Right. Okay. And I remember seeing uh, Tony Curtis and just dying. He was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. He made such an impression. He had a small part in that movie, and the world wanted to know who he was. Really? Bernie Schwartz. That was the one that broke him. That was the one? That was the one yeah, where everybody... I think it's his first movie. Uh-huh. He and he just, changed his name after that? I guess. Somebody said that. Because it wasn't Bernie Schwartz for long. You're a good-looking kid. Lose the Bernie. Lose I the have, Schwartz. I have a wonderful photograph of myself with him uh-huh. where we were doing an Arabian Nights television show. And don't even ask me what it was about. I don't remember. But it's a wonderful movie. He was still looking pretty gorgeous. I looked so pretty. Yeah. And I was an Arabian princess. Uh-huh. But he was saying things like, yonder likes the castle of my father, the caliph. <laughs> I mean... He, he never really... <laughs> yonder. Ne- never lost that accent. Oh, <laughs> no. It was just <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> That's too much. Well, he was also in... And what was the one with Kirk Douglas? Spartacus? Yes, he yeah. talks just, just like, like that. that. Yeah, just just did, like that. The Brooklyn Spartacus? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they ask him, oh, I know, the king asks him. Peter Rustow says, and what do you do, boy? And he says, I am a poet and a singer. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that recently, and I swear I wet my knickers. I laugh so hard, I am a poet and a singer. Yeah, and the thing I guess he was And then so- the king has to, you know, with a straight face, the actor Peter Ustodoff says, yeah. good, we need someone, like, you know. And I'm saying, P- Peter Ustodoff must, must have just split a gun. <laughs> yeah, they must have had to do a few takes on that one. Oh, God. Well, I guess he was such a, a, an appealing-looking person. Everybody gave him a pass. Who cared? Right, exactly. He was gorgeous. Yeah. Ava Gardner a- was the world's worst actress, but I would drop everything to go see her. Pretty, she was beautiful. Huh? Yeah. So, like, and did you? So you got to know a lot of these people, didn't you? No. I mean, it's time. No. Who am never. I going to know? Who? But just like I, I just see again. Then we're back to that. Like, who has really? Who's who's friends in Hollywood? Right. No, I never knew any of those people. I was also very shy. Yeah. And uh, I, I never knew anybody. But when you did, like, you appeared in after that movie, you started doing a couple musicals, right? Yeah, I did Singing in the Rain, which I adored. That That's was so a much fun, fun movie. Yeah, Gene. Oh, I can't. Gene Kelly. And you got to watch him live right up close. I was there every day when I didn't have any work to do. Oh, yeah. I was there every single day. I saw everything that they shot. Everything. Yeah. The Be a Clown number, Make Him Laugh number. Yeah. I was there when he did the Singing in the Rain with the Rain when he had 103 Fever. Oh, wow. I was there every Every day watching everything. It's one of my favorite movies. It's amazing. I call it my Christmas movie. I yeah. watch it every year. How old were you when you were sitting there? I was 
yeah, I was under contract to MGM, so I was really young. I must have been about 18. Really? Yeah. So you were under contract with MGM. How does that work? What What is the process of being under contract? Because I, I, I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody about that. Uh-huh. Well, uh, a talent scout actually saw me uh-huh. perform at my uh, dance school recital. And in those days, talent scouts went everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. And, and you're like 15? And I was about, I think I was about 16. Uh-huh. And he saw me dance. I was a Spanish dancer. And he came backstage afterward, gave my mom his business card, and it said MGM. Uh-huh. And I'll never forget his name, Dudley Wilkinson. Wow. Great name, huh? Yeah, it's a couple of good names today, yeah. Bullets and Dudley. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he said to my mom, it's not the right time, but I'll be in touch with you now and then because I, I think MGM can use this young lady. Oh, really? Yeah. And we well, we went crazy, and we waited months. Uh-huh. And he would call now and then. Really? How's yeah, she doing? Yeah, say, everything okay. Uh-huh. You know, I haven't forgotten and all that. And one day he called and said, Louis B. Mayer is coming into town, and I would like Rosita to meet him. Wow. And that's exactly what happened. We went to the Waldorf Astoria where he had the ben- penthouse apartment where the elevator actually opened, opened into, into the, yeah. yeah, I know, it was just unbelievable. It opened into the room, into I mean, the house, this into is, the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. This is the man who did... Uh, 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 all of it. He invented movies almost. He practically, yeah. There, yeah. the him and the Warners and the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, but especially MGM. MGM, MGM yeah. had the best ones. Yeah. They had Gene Kelly. Yeah. They had uh, Judy Garland. They had the uh, uh, um, tap dancer. Fred Astaire. The woman. Ann Miller. Yeah. Ann Miller. Yeah. They were all there. Yeah. Then. I mean, it was just all the great dancers. Oh my God. And did you? What and was, Elizabeth Taylor was there. Yeah. She was my role model because I didn't have a role model. Yeah, yeah. Latin girls didn't have such a thing. Right. So she became my role model. So you meet. So you met him. What was that like? Oh, he was. He was. He was very avuncular. Uh huh. And uh, he looked me over and took my hand. And I had made a point of trying to look as much like Liz Taylor as I could. Yeah. I did. Because she was a teenager when she this found him. Yeah. yeah. So I did my hair like her. I did my eyebrows like her. I, I, I got a, um, I got a uh, waist cincher because she had this tiny, tiny wasp waist. And I dressed just like her, just like her. Uh-huh. And he took my Did you put a mole on your face? No, that <laughs> I didn't do. But he took my hand and he looked me up and down and he said, why, she looks like a Spanish Elizabeth Taylor. Woo! <laughs> you did it. <laughs> I done did it. Yeah. And that was it? That's And then they signed you? And they literally, yes. He took the word of the uh, of the talent scout. Dudley? He, he felt that, uh, you know, that's why they had these guys. Yeah. They trusted these guys. And then once you're put under contract, what, that's when you moved? Yes. And then what? And then what does that mean? Do you you just go? Do you, you literally go and you find yourself a little cottage or house? Yeah. I mean, we had to do that on our own. A bungalow. Uh, exactly. That's the word for yeah. it. In Culver City, which was near the studio. Uh huh. I got a driver's license, and on the very first day that I acquired the license, I had an accident. <laughs> I Bad. ran into somebody. Oh man. It was so horrible. Yeah. I was so Thank God it wasn't bad, but yeah. I did crunch somebody's rear. Those were big old cars then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, and it was a very old car that I had. You know, it was like more like 
24th hand. Uh huh. Uh huh. Really, really old. Yeah. In fact, it was so old it had a little. Uh, what do they call those? Those little back rear oh, seats. The, oh was, yeah, rumble seat. Rumble. It had a rumble seat. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how old that oh, car wow. was. <laughs> yeah. Old. Uh huh. And uh, that's any wait around for a role, or you go to the studio. Well, what they, they, have what they had at the time, they had uh, a little stable of young people, yeah. one of whom was Debbie Reynolds. Oh yeah, another was Amanda Blake, and they had a dramatic uh, teacher of drama who was a joke. Uh huh. She was George Sidney's wife. He was a he was a uh, house director uh-huh. at MGM. He directed all the sort of B kind of stuff. Right. And she was a horrible, she was a horrible teacher. And you all had to go to school? And I still had to because I was still 17. Okay. So they had a a lady following me around. Uh Uh-huh. And a really old maid kind of lady. And Uh I smoked. Yeah. At the time I was 17. Yeah. And uh, she she saw me light up and she said, you can't do that. (laughs) As long as I'm here, you do not (laughs) smoke. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Then just go smoke somewhere else. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so like you would, you went to school on the on the lot, or at a school? Yeah, yeah. No, no, actually, I was seventeen, going on eighteen. Right. What they didn't know is that I had quit school when I was sixteen. Oh, right. Okay. I quit high school and I started working as a dancer in nightclubs and stuff. But not burlesque, just no, no, four no, shows. No, there were a lot of nightclubs in yeah. those days, and uh, I was underage. Yeah, you could not work in a place where liquor was sold when. Unless you were eighteen or over, and I lied all the time, right? And some places just sort of were were complicit because some of them, they'd see a cop coming in, and they put a mink coat on me uh-huh. in a far corner yeah. of the of the nightclub, like I was <laughs> yeah. a, just blend a, a in, patron. don't say anything, yeah, yeah. So those, but it was it's interesting that there was so much work for dancers at one time. Like you, you know, like there was all these live shows that had dancers. Yeah, movies had dancers. Like it was like a. But you know, I, I it was hard for me to get work because I was a Spanish dancer. Uh-huh. Who the hell employed a Spanish dancer with the ruffled costumes? Yeah, you got to wait and for castanets. that. Yeah, I usually worked out of town where age wasn't a problem. Very specific. Uh, very. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Boston, Montreal. Yeah. You know places like that. So you did so many movies that weren't dance movies. You That's know. right. I mean, like, well, isn't that isn't that typical of show business? Yeah, like it's sort of astounding that there was like westerns and comedies. Oh, I did lots of Indian maidens and westerns, and then but that started to get that up. was after MGM dropped me. How long were you with MGM? Uh, I was with them, I think, for about three years. I was heartbroken. It was like Daddy had said, "I don't love you oh, anymore." And you did singing in the rain with them. Was that the? That was. After I was, oh, was dropped, which is interesting. So you only did a few movies with them. Uh huh. Yeah, just small a few. parts, and then singing in the rain. Singing in the rain, and, and that, that was, was that. who were you with then? Was it another contract with a studio? Nope. You just nope, freelance. That was, M- that was MGM. That was MGM, but you yep. weren't under contract anymore. Not anymore. But uh, I don't know why. Gene um, uh, had seen me in the commissary of something, something like that. Yeah. And uh, he said, "I'll take her." And then, so eventually, you got tired. Of playing, I got tired of playing parts. native girls, and I was still stuck with them. But there came a time when I thought, "This isn't this isn't a life. This isn't a career. This is terrible." But that's all I could get. 
Like you'd literally go in, that was all they they that would all, all all they were looking for. The agents, I mean, uh, producers wouldn't see me for anything else. And they but. were they were completely limited one line parts caricatures. Well, they were you know why you no love uh, Lolita no more, you know <laughs> Jen Kipig. Yeah, do you think you can fool Carmelita? <laughs> and it's funny now, but boy, it hurt. Yeah, it hurt a lot. Yeah, and I played a lot of American Indian squaws. Right, tons. Couldn't ride a horse, but I rode many of them. <laughs> yeah, that was in my buckskins, oh, which were freezing. They'd make you ride. Yeah. Well, no, I lied. <laughs> right. You can, said you, you can you can you ride? <laughs> of course. Of course, I can ride a horse. And I remember uh, this first time I I lied like that. Yeah. And that morning when we started shooting, it was about in Kanab, Utah, and it was for which movie? Freezing. I, I you don't, don't know. <laughs> Uh, and they, they said, can you ride? I said, of course. And thank God it was a Western saddle with a pummel. That's uh -huh. all I can tell you. Hold on. And it was freezing. Kanab, Utah at 5, 6 in the morning. Yeah. It's like uh, 20, 18 degrees. And buckskins yeah. are, you might as well have a, a slab of ice on you. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, my God. And the uh, the um, the person who's yeah. in charge of the horses Says to all of us, there there are about five of us on horseback, uh -huh. and I have never been on a horse in my life. Oh my God! That's you. And I'm holding on to the pummel, and he says, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do, Wrangler." He's the Wrangler. Oh, there you go. So he says, "Here's what we're gonna do. After so and so says such and such a line, I'm gonna shoot off a gun, and that'll get." The <laughs> <laughs> That'll make the horses go. Yeah. And I thought, oh wow, okay. So action, and they do they do the uh, shoot off the yeah. gun, and my horse takes off like a bat out of hell. <laughs> I mean, to the point where he went so fast that I was riding on my back. That's scary. Because it yeah. was it was went so fast. Yeah. And I finally was able to get myself up. I mean, imagine this Indian girl with a feather in in, in her. <laughs> Thing. Yeah, and she's saying, "Oh, damn it, oh!" <laughs> and that damn horse was very angry. He didn't want to be doing this. Yeah, and we get to a ravine, and he stops short, like, bam. Yeah, hoping fully that I would just <laughs> <Fly> sort of <laughs> just run, you know, just yeah. fly over him yeah. and fall into the ravine. Oh my God! And thank God for the pummel. It saved me. I mean, I went sideways. Yeah, but I'm hanging on to the pummel. Oh my God, that's the first time on a horse. Yeah. I, did they know that maybe you hadn't ridden before? <laughs> no, because because it ran it ran so fast and away into trees yeah. and stuff like that. They didn't see it. They just had to see the camera. Just had to see that we were taking off. Oh, that was it. So we were out of frame. So they they already cut, and your yeah, horse yeah, is yeah, on yeah, his like, way to the ravine. <laughs> <laughs> What's with that one? <laughs> it's like when they asked me if I could swim, and I said, "Of course." You couldn't swim either. No, it's an Esther Williams movie. Come on. <laughs> no, I couldn't swim. You really needed to know how to swim in an Esther Williams movie. Oh yes, you did. <laughs> there was a big number where all the, we were in Hawaii. Uh huh. We were in uh, Kauai, actually. Oh, I love it there. It's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, the day kept coming quick, sooner and sooner, and I do not know how to swim. At all? At all. No, not at all. Oh. I'm a New York kid. Right. What? Yeah. If I went into a pool in New York at the public pools, I'd go into the shallow edge. Yeah, stand. You know, yeah, splash yeah. a lot. Sure. So, 
So <laughs> comes, I mean, a week, there's a week left. Yeah. And literally, and I tried to swim in the pool where no one was looking at the hotel. Yeah. I couldn't. Oh. And one night, I swear to God, I don't know how these things actually happen. I dreamed I could swim. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, I just had a feeling. I went into the pool. Well, I couldn't do a breaststroke, but I could do a backstroke. Uh-huh. I was actually able to do that. So there is this scene <laughs> a few days later with hundreds of people swimming in the lagoon. Uh-huh. And there's one person doing the backstroke <laughs> in this crowd of people. <laughs> and it's me. Yeah. He <laughs> pulled it off, huh? <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, you know, you're crazy when you're young. Well, these are. But I mean, these, I could have drowned. Right. Oh, you know? definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bold. And these were just basically. They're what were they? Extra parts. These like, were extras. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't an extra. I played. I had a little feature role. In right. It. But um, I had a speaking part. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh huh. And I'm supposed to be able to swim. Uh huh. And you did it as long as you were on your back. You could do it. Unbelievable. So when did the big movies start to happen? Like, I didn't realize that you had done like 20 movies before you did oh, West Side Story. I did a whole Story. bunch of yeah, movies, yeah. yeah. And I did a lot of TV and stuff. Only the Westerns, though. Yeah, only the Westerns. It was always Conchita Lolita. Yeah. <laughs> always, always, always. It never changed. At some point, you changed. It never changed. And then uh, what happened was, what came first? Yeah, The King and I. Yeah. And I was under contract to 20th Century Fox, who made that movie. Uh-huh. And I tested for it, along with a lot of other girls who really yeah. were more proper. They looked Asian. Uh-huh. I'm supposed to be playing an Asian girl, right. Burmese. And I thought, oh, well, I don't stand a chance here. And I got the part. I got the, don't even ask me. I, I really felt very guilty. I felt guilty because I felt so happy to get it. Yeah, it's interesting that you're feeling guilty because you're usually typecast as another ethnicity. Exactly, and then, exactly. And then you 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 don't want to take away work. I from mean, the, there was uh, a, a young actress named France Nguyen, uh-huh. beautiful. Oh my God, she was beautiful. Uh-huh. She was Vietnamese and French, and uh, her name France Nguyen. And I thought, oh, she's the one. She's going to get it. She, she was just breathtakingly lovely. Yeah. And for for years and years, I felt so guilty whenever I saw her. And I thought it's just not fair. Yeah, but it was. But I did it. But right. But it's like show business isn't fair for anybody. <sighs> yeah, that's on, on some level. You know, there's it's a very yeah. weird, heartbreaking endeavor. It sure is. <laughs> you it know is. what I mean? Because you realize that it, it is heartbreaking. I I won an Oscar for West Side Story. I also won a um, Golden Globe, and then didn't do a movie for a couple of years. What is my that heart about? broke. My heart just broke. What happened? I mean, why? You don't... I was the definitive Hispanic, I guess. I don't know. They they didn't book you, or you didn't weren't looking. No, no, they they weren't looking. <laughs> my agents were killing themselves, yeah. trying to get me jobs. Yeah, and uh, uh, we got a very few offers, and the offers were gang movies. So they typecast Gangland you again. Movies. Yeah. yeah. With and, an Oscar. And this time I said, with an Oscar and a Golden Globe. Huh. And this time I said to myself. You know, I tucked that little gold guy under my arm, and I said, I'm not going to do this again. And ha-ha, I showed them. I didn't work for a very long time. Yeah. For years. 
And when you came back, were the roles better? It was a, it was a Hispanic part, but it was a legitimate one with uh, Alan Arkin. It was called Poppy. Oh, he he's great. Oh, he's wonderful. I adore him. He, you guys, wow. And what a great guy. He was playing a, a Hispanic part? He was playing a Puerto Rican. How do you do? The accent? Yeah. Not so good. <laughs> Yeah. It's not that easy. <laughs> no, I guess not. I mean, you, you uh, American actors think they know how to. It's like Carlito's way. Yeah, where Pacino's oh, playing. Yeah. Uh, is he a Cuban or a Puerto Rican? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I he, was, he, I don't. It think was a he, terrible accent. I don't think he ever shook that accent he made for Scarface. That Cuban <laughs> accent, like I think that stuck with him for decades. Yeah. I think that's his go-to Latino accent. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had a go-to accent too when I was young. <laughs> Everything yeah. sounded like this. Yeah. I play a Hawaiian girl, and she sounded like this. <laughs> and then I play an Egyptian princess, and she sounded like this. Because that's all I knew. But you know what? I bet sadly... You know, some of all of that is so sad, and yet it's so funny. Well, the the weird thing is, is it probably a, a good deal of the audience was sort of like, okay, that's right. You know, I just know it's different. Directors never said anything. Yeah. And yeah. I just took it upon myself to give these... Characters' accents because it seemed logical. <laughs> and it was always the same one. <laughs> always the same accent. So Poppy was it like a turning point? You think? Yeah, actually, it was. It yeah. was a lovely part, and yeah. oh, I just adored working with Alan. He's he's, right. he's something he's, else. He really is. He can do anything. That guy. Yeah. So can you. Comedy, serious, all of it. I do it all. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, so, so after that, though, in the seventies, you, you got better roles. I well the the most amazing role that I got because it was so unlike anything I'd ever had was the the prostitute, in, right? In uh, carnal knowledge. Carnal knowledge. Yep. Well, let's get to the present then. So you're doing this Norman Lear reboot. Yeah. And that's and you enjoy doing it. And it's called One Day at a Time. Yes, One Day at a Time. I remember I the original. I am in love with Norman Lear. I I mean I never dreamed that I would have the opportunity to work with someone like him. It's just, it's, uh, I, I just feel so lucky. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I'm 86 now for Pete's sake, and it's I'm doing a series. Yeah. I'm doing a series. Well, you're, you're very alive. Which is, it's, 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 into its, it's into its second season right now. It's, uh, uh, is this coming out soon? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to match it up with whenever you told us to. You had never met Norman before, or you had? Have you known him? I met him years ago, but he doesn't remember when he was doing a lot of producing. Uh-huh. And I went in for a, a look-see. They call that a look-see, yeah. I think. Uh, he was um, doing a pilot with Charles Durning, uh-huh. and they needed a wife for Charlie, and I was in my 60s. But you see, I've never looked my age. Yeah, you, yeah, you so, uh, so I hoped against hope. And I went to meet him, and I come in, and he says, Rita Moreno. I said, yeah, hi. <laughs> Big smile, uh -huh. hoping. Yeah. And he says, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, but I mean, he was being very sweet. Yeah. And I said, ah, oh, well, uh, I came here for you to look at me for, for uh, Charlie Durning's wife. He says, Charlie Durning's wife? He said, oh, honey. <laughs> You could never be Charlie Durning's wife at any age. <laughs> and I got very upset. And I said, but hey, I'm 60. I was 60 something yeah. at the time. I don't remember which one it was. And he said, honey, 
You could never, after I've told him my age, you could never be Charlie Durning's wife. Uh Get the hell out of here. (laughs) But it was done, you know, with enormous warmth. I went, sat in my car, and I cried for two hours. I hadn't worked in a bunch of years. But he was giving you a compliment. Well, good luck. Right. I get it. Yeah. And that happened to me a lot. I never looked the age that I would go in for. You're too pretty to be tar- Charlie well, Durning's it wasn't, wife. It wasn't, I wasn't the pretty part. It was no? just the young-looking part. Oh, really? Yeah. Because hmm. I just looked very young for my age. The younger I was, the, the less young I, the, the more young I would look. Yeah. and Because, I mean, when I was 17, I looked like I was 15. Right. Well, the, this this one, how much have you dealt with him? He was in here, you know. He came here. Oh, we're here. We, we deal with each other constantly because we, we have found... We are soulmates. Yeah. We are real soulmates. Well, I'll tell you, you both got your wits about you at your age. Yeah, he's like older than you. and He's, he's 95. And he's oh, all unbe- there. Unbelievable. What a gift to be, you know. Imagine that. Uh, to have the brain still. Mel Brooks, too. But also, but also to, to bring back a show that is supposedly old-fashioned and make it work. That's genius. Oh, yeah. Well, the, uh, he's good with the- you the know, four with the, camera, yeah. live audience, yeah. which, of course, I love as an actress. Sure. It sure puts you on your metal, let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. Get the laughs. Like, well, it's like theater. Yeah, right. And, you know, you, you, I get nervous every week that we do it. I get nervous because I am, well, I was then 85 when we were doing the second season. And you're playing the grandma? And I'm playing grandma. And the yeah. family is uh, Cuban? But she's a 77-year-old grandma. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. You, right. See, you got it. So <laughs> Now you're playing the young part. Oh, it's marvelous. I love <laughs> and it. And the family's Cuban? Is that the angle? The angle is that it's a Cuban family minus husband because there's been a divorce. Uh-huh. And it's one day at a time. Sure. Except- uh, Is there a Schneider? Yes, and I call him a Schneider. <laughs> Because she has an accent, she talked like this, you know? <laughs> that's that's different than the other one. She talked like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> neither. Hello, neither. She, she'll flirt with anything, a fence post. She is shameless. <laughs> the one caveat that I said to them when uh, they offered the part to me, I said, I would love to do it with one condition. She has to be, even though she's older, she has to be sexual. Yeah. I said, you know, things don't just go away and disappear because you're 77. Yeah. They love the idea and have taken full advantage. <laughs> they have me flirting. Oh my god. <laughs> it's very funny because she well she thinks she's she's she really believes she's God's gift to man. <laughs> Maybe I she love is. people that are disillusioned, that are in, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. filled the, with uh, illusions. Right. Uh, uh, the, the, the sort she's of. She's vain. The vanity. She's that, opinionated. She yeah. thinks she's, she knows everything. That's great. Oh, but, it's, but so she's funny. hilarious. Yeah, so funny. You must have the funniest rarely, part. She's rarely, she's, actually, sometimes in some episodes, it is the funniest. That's so great. And you, you, you've never stopped working. It's unbelievable. It's beautiful. And how do you feel about like the what what's happening now with the pushback against the male dominated? I think it's about show. fucking time. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I can't believe. You know, I I lived through that. All of it from from the beginning. I imagine. I from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And when I was under contract to Fox, I was pursued by the head of the studio mm. for months and months, and I was terrified. Because I thought, well, I guess I'll never work again. If you don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, finally, finally, he gave up. And 
I, I couldn't even go to lunch by myself at the, in the commissary because he might sit down. Mm-hmm. I was scared to death that he'd sit down and proposition me. Right. So I always, when I did lunch in the commissary, I would lunch with, lunch with somebody. Right. So he couldn't do anything mm-hmm. if he wanted to sit down. Right. So it's always it's always oh, been there. It was a nightmare. It was brutal. It was mean, mm. and it was heartbreaking. Yeah. So and it, being Latina on top of everything else. Right. So it is about time. That I, it is. I yeah. told you. Yeah. <laughs> I know these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not 86 for nothing. <laughs> yeah. So actually, like, I'll tell you what. It's been really terrific talking to you. I love you. Do your homework, and I love that. Well, thank you. I was very. Uh, it was an honor for me to talk to you, and it was great seeing you last night. Great seeing you here. You seem thank great. You. Congratulations on the continued work. Thank you. And it's uh, pretty great, isn't it? I yeah. wake up humming. Yeah, I, I, I you're, you're an electric person. There's a marvelous quote by I think it's Fleur Cowles, who was a lady who who ran Vogue magazine mm-hmm. for many years. She said something that I just love to quote. She says, I wake up expecting things. Uh-huh. And that's exactly me. <laughs> that's good. Isn't that a great quote? Yeah. I wake up expecting things. I got to start doing that. <laughs> I do. I, I, do. But I do. I wake up that same way, but they're never good things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you sound like an old Jew. I, it's, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for talking. My pleasure, I assure you. So that was it. That was me and the amazing Rita Moreno. Great stories. So great memory. So clear. Uh, And I I guess it's, I don't want to be condescending, but she is 86. It's pretty profound and pretty amazing. And I was thrilled to talk to her. Am I going to play guitar? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Okay.